Animal Magnetism. Exploring animal care for creatures great and small. Conservation and preservation in today's world. Find out what a single voice can do to make a difference in the lives of animals. Animal Magnetism with Carolyn Hennessy starts right now on UVN Radio. That's right. That's right. Woohoo. Kurt, I have asked Tony uh, for I don't know how many years now. Please, a new intro, because yeah. I, am so, I am so much more than a single voice. I am not a single voice. We need a new intro. I'll do it myself. Yeah. Because well, we'll, we'll, I've got a we'll great get, voice. We'll get Tony. Or we'll, we'll, we'll I have a great, great voice. In fact, you know what we should do? We should get Gray to do it. Oh, that'd be perfect. Gray Stafford, um, my co-host and animal mentor, very, very dear friend. Uh, thank you once again for being on the show, Gray. I'm I'm honored, but I think we should get Jack Hanna to do the voiceover. Oh, if, if, okay, yeah, right? fine. We can, let's work I on am one hundred percent in support of that. Okay. Uh, Andrea Compton, my producer, my my other co-host, my first and original co-host, uh, is is calling in all, all the way from well outside of Seattle. I just outside say Seattle. Seattle, Seattle, and surrounding environs. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what I say. Um, yeah. How's the weather up there, my friend? Uh, well, it stopped snowing about ten minutes ago. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we're yeah. getting and we're getting more rain. So, oh, um, you know, so God bless. God, yay! Global warming. <laughs> it's it's just <laughs> happening. You bet it is. Um, and today on this episode, we have a very special guest to discuss a, a very special and singular and actually rather horrific issue. Uh, that would be SB thirteen, and that's Jackie Navarro. Uh, f- yes. Yes, indeed. From Wild Wonders. Jackie, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Thank show. Thank you so much for having us. Good morning. My, my pleasure. And you say us because do you have, is, are, is, are there more of you? Is there, is there, do you have a furry friend? Is there something? Yeah. Yes. Yes. We, we have a couple furry friends here as well as our co-director, Kimberly Wright. Hi, Kimberly. Be, uh, helping with. Kimberly, show your face. Hello. Hi. Hi, my friend. Hello. How are you? <laughs> You know what? Just yeah, just crowd in. Wow, thank you. Crowd in, crowd in. We love it. <laughs> just crowd in. We love it. it. We love it. Today, <clears throat> um, we are going to discuss SB three thirteen, which would ban. It's 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 it started in San Diego, yes, and was sort of championed. Uh, yes. I'm sorry. So go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that, yes, it, it started with actually a particular organization in San Diego that we have a little bit of a history with, uh, the Social Compassion for Legislation, Judy Mancuso, and she paired up with PETA uh, to introduce this bill, and now it is statewide. And is being championed in Los Angeles by our very own uh, animal hater, Paul Koretz of the Los Angeles City Council, Paul Koretz, friend to no animal Anywhere, and I'm actually hoping the man doesn't own cats or dogs. Um, I'm, I'm, I have no proof of this, but I am. I often wonder how deep into Peter's pocket uh, he really is, or Peter is into his pocket, uh, vice versa, and or the same, because he's championing some truly abysmal causes with regard to animals. So he's championing this, and this bill is is sort of labeled the the, the uh, circus animal. Cruelty Act, but Correct. while it, it would prevent 
animal live animals from being uh, displayed in circuses for amusement and or profit. <clears throat> the tentacles of this bill are so many and reach so far because it would annihilate a number of traveling educational programs, one of which is Wild Wonders, correct? That is correct. There are several hundred wildlife organizations in California that this is going to affect. So not only is it going to affect our, our outreach, community outreach for schools, libraries, senior centers, scouts, et cetera, it's going to affect 4-H. Uh, it's going to affect petting zoos. It is across the board. Anybody that takes their animals off of their facility or their centers will be affected. So basically... No more animals in circuses. Okay, um, I think Gray and I have have a certain uh, perspective on that, and that if, if you simply use positive reinforcement training, uh, those circuses would become a big old party, as opposed to a a, a fear based a fear based threat threat filled environment. But <clears throat> so no more animals <clears throat> in traveling circuses, and anything that's labeled as a circus. But you're telling me that that. Uh, ocelots and lemurs and the lynx, and they cannot be brought into schools so that children will uh, understand and form bonds with these animals, and perhaps one day little Timmy and Susie would like to go into veterinary care or be a zoo director or be an animal keeper at a zoo. And there, no no more libraries, so kids who gather, who gather at libraries will not have the animal experience. Senior centers, no animal experience. Does this apply to domestics as well as exotic animals? It applies mainly to exotics. However, they did include camelids, which includes llamas, which, you know, and camels, which have been domesticated for thousands and thousands of years. And there's so many problems with this bill. It's so far reaching. You know, there's kids that don't have the opportunity to go to schools um, that, I mean, to go to zoos or go to um, our center. So being able to do that community outreach with these kids to be able to inspire them to be better stewards for the environment is hugely, hugely important. Uh, that'll be completely wiped out, unfortunately. Now, the, the two main exceptions to this are zoos and aquariums that are AZA, Association of Zoos and Aquariums, accredited. And the other is, hang on. Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries. There are only about 25 AZA-accredited facilities in this state. Correct? That is correct. And Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries, they do not leave. They are a sanctuary, so they don't have outreach uh, conservation education programs. They don't take their animals off-site, so that's really a moot point. So we would be looking at the Los Angeles zoo and botanical gardens to step in and and somehow manage to get, because they are AZA accredited, get their animals because they, they would be able to travel and take them all around Los Angeles. That's one institution try, uh, which would, and that's, and that's, that's, that's pie in the sky. That's ridiculous. We couldn't even, we couldn't even imagine asking them to do that. Um, my question is, has anyone thought 
at this point about approaching the AZA or the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries and saying, look, we're under siege. We in California are being attacked. Can, is there some type of different accreditation program you can extend or formulate or, or put in place for traveling? Because a lot of these aren't even shows. I mean, part of this bill says these animals are not to be uh, put through any act. Um, they're not for, any, for, for amusement. But if these animals are simply being as they are in a in a, in a keeper's uh, in you know in 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 the trainer's hands or being allowed to go and interact with students, let's say, or seniors, <clears throat> and educating, that that it do, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's so so because they're they're equating education with amusement at this point. But has anyone thought about talking to the AZA and saying, look, can you formulate some type of different accreditation? system so that the rest of us can be accredited under your auspices. Has anyone thought about that? You know, that's a, that. I'm sorry, we lost her. In essence, that's, you know, a good idea in reality. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. We can. Do you we have can, me? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, that seems like it would be a good idea. However, I feel for a couple of reasons, it's unnecessary. Um, first of all, we are inspected up the yin yang. We already have, you know, licenses and permits and are inspected from the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. We have a federal governing authority, which is USDA, which also does pop <clears throat> inspections and licenses. We have local permits and licenses. Whenever we go on site, um, anywhere in Los Angeles, whether it's doing a media appearance or any other type of public appearance, uh, the animal services of the city of Los Angeles can show up at any time. Uh, we do have to have a special permit through them as well. So we already do have several different layers of uh, oversight at that point. The other point is, is that unfortunately, I think in this day and age, um, the powers that be at AZA have started kind of an us versus them mentality. And um, I think it's very short-sighted because I I think they're not seeing that they're going to be the last to be eaten by the crocodile. Um, once all the small facilities, which we <clears throat> provide an extremely important niche, we do almost a thousand programs a year in California. Um, once we're gone, who's to say that PETA is not going to start with AZA next? Well, of course, and of course they will. I mean, that's 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 a non-starter. That's 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 a given. And my thinking with regard to the fact that it's unnecessary that AZA should or could and should have another type of accreditation is that, I mean, I agree with you. It should be unnecessary. It should be unnecessary and, and for all the reasons that you just named. But the, the point is that this bill is, shouldn't even be a non-starter. Sh I mean, should be a non-starter. This bill shouldn't be shouldn't even be under consideration. So the, so the things that we think, I think, in this day and age are unnecessary are what PETA is counting on. They're counting on the fact that no one's going to ask to, you know, go have a level deeper to, to counteract PETA because like-minded and rational-minded uh, indiv individuals such as yourself and Gray and, and our friend David Jackson, who would be affected with Zoo to You, um, don't think, well, it's it's just not, but that's what Pete is counting on. 
I mean, you know, it's, it's almost like taking the high road. Um, so I think I think it's now. I think we're getting into the trenches, and we need to fight fire with fire. It's, it's uh, sure it shouldn't be necessary, but it is because if you can if you can say, all right, Peta, look, you said it's in the bill. Only AZA accreditation. Well, we're now AZA accredited. We shouldn't have had to do it because we've got all of these other oversights. But that's that's within that's what's in the bill. That's what's going to allow us to keep going to a thousand facilities every year and not be shut down, so that our animals don't, you know, die uh, from 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 boredom. And I can pay my staff. I just think it's. I think. You know, we, the desperate times call for desperate measures. Gray, what do you think about that? Uh, I'm <clears throat> not worried about the AZA and its ability to protect itself. Um, protect itself, so, right. Yeah. Part of the problem, of course, is that a lot of smaller facilities can't afford AZA level accreditation. It doesn't mean their care in any way suffers or is not <clears throat> held to the same standards that Jackie alluded to with all the oversight that she mentioned. Uh, but AZA accreditation can be expensive, and it's, um, there are other forms of, of validation accreditation that exist, like ZAA and, and others, that are probably a little more specific to the types of organizations that we're talking about. To me, um, I, I just go back to Jackie's point about the redundancy here. This law is unnecessary because there's so many levels of oversight particularly in a regulatory state like California. Uh, it's, it's difficult to operate there. Just ask Jackie. Right, but we're not, we're not dealing with rationale. We're, not, we're dealing with PETA. We're dealing with Paul Koretz. They don't give a crap about the fact that it's redundant, that there are all these different levels of redundancy. They couldn't care less. And... And I agree. It shouldn't be necessary. My, 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 just, just to go back to this point and then we'll move on, is that talk to the AZA and say, look, a, a less expensive level of, of, of accreditation because ZAA, that's not in the bill. That's not in the bill. AZA and, um, and, and the uh, global, what is it called? I don't Better, know. Uh, the, yes. the other one. Yeah. The other one. That's, <laughs> those, are the th- those are the ones in the bill. So well, I'm, here, I'm here's what's going to happen. If the bill is is if it makes any traction, if it actually is passed and signed into law, they're going to it's going to immediately be challenged in courts because what we've found state by state is that this cherry picking of uh, by government by legislatures of who has acceptable standards and who does not that isn't working. And in some states, courts have thrown that out and said, "Look, um, you you can't choose one sort of." certification accreditation over another will either eliminate everybody's special dispensation or you have to include these other organizations and so even if the bill does make it somewhere it's a waste of time because it is going to go to court right and which means that organizations like yours jackie wild wonders and david jackson and there will need to be a large pool of money to pay for an attorney to go to court to fight this and that's money that could be used to pay for gas to take your animals to schools and libraries and senior centers etc um and and right exactly right yeah, and and trying to collectively be able to fight um, a behemoth, uh, you know, something like like PETA, with their millions of 
of lawyers that they have and their millions of keyboard warriors that don't have to worry about animal care. It's, it's a challenge. It's difficult. I'm, I've no doubt that a campaign could be launched and probably will, hopefully will not have to be launched, but will be launched if, if necessary and, and funds will be raised. I have no doubt. I mean, there are, there are people, but, but the idea that you would have to take time away from what it is that you do best. And so let's talk about <clears throat> Wild Wonders and, and let's, let's be real specific about what, I mean, what it is, that, what, what do you do on a daily basis? These, these thousands of facilities that you go to, tell us, tell us about, you know, how you bring joy into people's lives, educationally speaking. Absolutely. Well, I, I do come from a wildlife biology background. I do have a degree in wildlife biology. A Wild Wonder started in 91 um, as a grassroots wildlife conservation education organization. Uh, we have now grown to be international. Um, we travel not only to schools, libraries, scouts uh, for our outreach, but we really try to reach inner city kids as well uh, to be able to create empathy. There's been several, several studies that have done uh, regarding bringing animals into the classroom versus having a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> when it uh, comes to empathy it comes to uh, memory retention, interest in conservation. So this is why we truly believe in what we do. We also raise funds for some of our global conservation partners uh, by doing these outreach uh, community programs that we perform. Amazing. Amazing. And do you, do you service the entire state or is it just sort of <clears throat> in the San Diego area? No, we service the entire state. We go up and down. Uh, we'll do circuits up at schools up in Northern California, as well as try and serve Southern California, as well as doing all kinds of different special events to always bring awareness of global conservation to the public. Amazing. Amazing. And so let's, I, <clears throat> I have your bio, but it's unfortunately on my phone and that's part of my computer issue this morning. So, so <clears throat> tell us a little bit more about you and <clears throat> where you were raised, where you went to school. How, what was your, a Andrea has, has what I love is the first question and we can ask um, your cohort sitting there next to you. So Andrea, we, did, oh, we, didn't, yes. we didn't start with this, but, but let's, let's get into it now. Okay. <clears throat> What was that one animal, that one experience that you had, whatever age it was, that sent you down the path that you are on today? Oh, for myself, you know, I have to say that when I went to my first petting zoo, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm from Michigan, and we had a little petting zoo with storybook characters, and I was able to to have a cup of food and feed that little goat and that sheep and that llama and have it come up to me. And I was able to, to touch it and get up close and personal with it. That really was the most amazing experience I've had to be close to animals. And I thought, I always want to be this close to animals and do something else. And there was a little education placard explaining why this animal is important and what it does, even if it's a, you know, a small farm animal. I would have 4-H background in my, in my history, and it was very important for me to, to, to have that bond with those, with those particular animals. And so I've loved animals my whole life, and I wanted to give back. Jackie? 
You know, ever since I was a child, I was bringing animals home. I would find, you know, orphan <clears throat> bunnies, uh, baby birds, and there was just something in me that I wanted to, to work with animals. And I got the opportunity when I was 10 or 11 to visit um, a sanctuary that was uh, near my house. I grew up in Los Angeles and um, I started volunteering when I was 10 and 11 at the sanctuary and being able to make these animals lives uh, better and uh, seeing what they were doing with education at this particular sanctuary really, really hit home with me. And my first experience was with a little squirrel monkey that was at the sanctuary and I <clears throat> fell in love, came every day, uh, brought enrichment to that animal. We keep losing her. Why is this? Sorry, Jackie. <clears throat> Sorry, Jackie. We keep, <clears throat> we're having some technical, de te technical difficulties on our end. Um, <clears throat> so the squirrel monkey was, uh, yes. was the thing that did it for you. Um, let's yeah. talk about some of the animals. Absolutely. I want to talk about um, vet techs. And I want to talk about 4-H, but let's talk about some of the wide variety of animals that Wild Wonders has to offer. Sure. Well, we actually brought a couple little friends with us what? right now. We're going to bring one of them out. We have about 100. Yeah, we did. We're going to go ahead and bring out. This is one of the animals that would be banned. This is Holly Jolly. <laughs> She's a little portly. She's called... Um, a dwarf hairy screaming armadillo, and they are in the super order Zenartha, which would be included in, in this ban for the wild side global conservation programs. These little dudes are found actually in the desert regions, uh, around in about 30 seconds. They eat lots of bugs, but they're also omnivores. And you can tell that's that's an animal that's being terribly abused right now, just really, really abused. And is off. I mean, obviously, just in pain. <laughs> Not. <Yeah>. Not. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And she's called a dwarf hairy screaming armadillo because they do let out a scream when they're uh, being threatened or upset. <laughs> she was born at another wildlife education facility. <clears throat> She did not cuddle. Okay, just give us give us give us one second. We're, you know, I'm going to see what's we're, what's going on here, sweetheart. Is there is it is it on their end? Is it on our end? What's what's going on? We're, we're having a little connection problems. With connection problem. Okay. Because yeah, uh, I want to be able to get everything that you say, and we're not able to do that because you seem you, you're just cutting out just a little bit. So we're going to try and fix it here on our end. Yeah. But uh, if I ask you to repeat something, that's the reason. <clears throat> um, Anything else to show us that's obviously in tremendous amounts of pain? <laughs> yeah, we have, yeah, terribly abused animals. Terribly um, abused, yeah. We're going to go ahead and bring out our next one that is going to be, be uh, banned as well because marsupials are on the list. And this is an extremely important animal uh, to us here in California. Her name is Princess Jasmine. <laughs> and we're going to go ahead and bring her out to say hello. This is Jasmine. And do you want this? What do you think of that? Oh, yogurt. We love yogurt. <laughs> um, so basically, um, this is our little opossum. And these guys can eat about 5,000 ticks a year. If you have them in your backyard, please uh, 
leave them where they are because they're extremely important. They're going to eat all of those pests that tend to bug us around our house. So she is a marsupial. She's the only one that we have in California, which means she has that little pocket on her tummy. That's her baby's bed. And uh, these are on the banned list because marsupials are on the banned list. She is extremely important for our conservation education programs to talk to people about why these little guys are so important to us right here in California as well as the United States. She came in as uh, a non-releasable. She was what we call um, a release epic fail. Um, she was hand raised uh, because she was orphaned and she decided she didn't want to go back to the wild. So she's here with us now and she's one of our best animal ambassadors we have. Um, honestly, truly, because I have some of her relatives in my backyard crossing my back fence, you know, certainly in the summertime on basically a nightly, a nightly basis. And I learned through programs like this to leave them alone. Don't trap them. Don't try and drive them off. Let them do their let them do their possum thing, you know, and 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 leave them alone because they are so incredibly beneficial. Um, which which brings me to 4-H, because that in, that would then include also county fairs and the and 4-H participation in county fairs and state fairs and. This is this is what we've done in our 4-H club, and and that would all be gone. Yes, absolutely. Uh, llamas, camelids are on the list, so llamas are on the list. So no, you uh, kids would not be able to travel to their 4-H clubs or 4-H fairs. Uh, that would be outlawed, um, which means that, of course, as you know, hundreds of thousands of kids participate in 4-H throughout California. That would be gone. Something, and I cannot find it here in my notes uh, because I just can't. But let's talk about vet techs. How would this affect the veterinary industry? This this CB three one SB three one three. There are several uh, colleges, veterinary tech, uh, technology colleges that are in California. Oftentimes, many of us travel to these to teach vet techs how to handle safely exotic animals for veterinary procedures. So that would not be allowed anymore as well. This is the height of insanity, as far as I'm concerned. That, uh, that almost, almost reaches the height of insanity. And I think going back to the money that would need to be accrued to fight this in court, which hopefully will be, and now you're, now you're talking for 4-H clubs and you're talking these, these veterinary institutions, these, you know, colleges, veterinary colleges. Um, I would think that they – but there, there again, that's taking money away from students and away from animals and away from 4-H members in order to fight this Absolutely ridiculous, man. What are your thoughts in terms of will this will this succeed in 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 legislation or will it die in legislation? And Gray, I want you to weigh on that as in in on that as well. <clears throat> I think um, we have a good chance on this one to at least change language. I'm hoping um, for a long time, a lot of smaller wildlife organizations we've been reluctant to get involved with legislation I, I think this one is so big and so far-reaching and throwing the baby out with the bathwater um, and unnecessary 
um, that there's more and more organizations that are starting to activate and get involved. So I think we have a, a larger voice than we have in the past. And I'm hoping that that's going to help. And and are you able to mount a, con, uh, a, a, a concerted effort? I mean, work in work in 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 tandem with 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 everybody else. I mean, or is, or, or is it people saying, uh, you know, a small institution over here saying, I'm going to fight this, and over here, I'm gonna, and nothing kind of cohesive as a whole. Are you able to kind of do you have that kind of outreach? And are those emails being sent? And are people kind of you know on on the email trail and on the phone with each other? And are things kind of in the works to fight this as a, as a yes, whole? Yes, I think. <clears throat> yes, I think, um, and and this is where social media has been has been instrumental. I think more and more we're starting to work collectively. Uh, a lot of organizations have worked separately as well, but we're starting to come together collectively to be able to fight this. Great, and that's, Carolyn. That's one of the problems with with legislation like this, and that is the people who are putting these thoughts into the ear of the politicians. This is what they do. This is how they spend their time. They're not running a facility like Jackie and educating the public. They're, they're on Capitol Hill. They're on the legislative body working continuously to say, hey, we should do this. We should do that. And so by the, often by the time that the zoo community and the educational outreach community is aware of these pending bills, it's, it's moved down the process. Right. And so we're always playing a bit of catch up. This strategy of curtailing travel of of exotic animals by licensed and accredited and inspected facilities, this is not a new approach. It it happened in New Jersey recently. It's happened in other states. And it's part of a larger strategy that activist groups are, are taking, like PETA, to curtail the normal functioning of a zoological environment. How are they doing that? They're doing it by banning travel. They're doing it by banning species one at a time, like your California orca bill. They're doing it by banning breeding of certain species at facilities. And they're doing it by banning the transfer of animals from one zoo to another or, or demonizing that, that normal function as part of a cooperative breeding program. So it's a coordinated strategy. It's a patient strategy. And it's one that's designed to eliminate zoos and zoological facilities like Jackie's over the long term, over the next five to 20 years it's a very patient strategy. It's very clever. And unfortunately, it's been very effective. Was it effective in New Jersey? Was it effective in these other states? Are those it was it, almost? It, yes, uh, it almost the, the law in New Jersey, the first rendition of the bill was defeated, fortunately, or pulled. But it would have, if passed, would have eliminated non-AZA zoos from being able to take education animals off campus or even perhaps display them somewhere else within the zoo. Um, and it was written so poorly that it might've even affected AZA zoos, which is kind of the gold standard among zoos, right? That's, that's the assumption. And so, um, it was only really after that, that the AZA kind of leaned into it a little bit and said, Hey, we, we need to revisit the language here. So I think one of the challenges that Jackie alluded to earlier is we've been kind of siloed. We've been picked apart and picked and, and knocked off individually, these groups, these zoos and so forth. And what we really need to do is combine forces, put aside political differences long enough to combat the much larger issue, which is we have a well-funded activist group that wants to shut down zoos and aquariums long term. A well-funded activist group that doesn't give a shit about animals. They do not care about animals, not a one. Ingrid Newkirk, 
uh, you know, says your dogs and cats are in captivity. My dogs and cats are in captivity. Let's go in, and she loves, you know, as, as, as we've talked about on this program, loves to do nothing more than go in and kill dogs. Uh, I think she's on three different interviews saying that she will go in and release dogs from their earthly bondage in the morning. This is a woman who doesn't care about animals. PETA doesn't care about animals. The, the one bright spot is that many of, the, many of the actors and individuals that I've spoken to in Hollywood, on my level, <clears throat> when I mention PETA, they just shudder. They say, it's just the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst. Um, unfortunately, the celebrities with money, the ones that are harangued and harassed for, uh, for weeks and days and months uh, to turn over their money, those are the ones that also don't necessarily not care about animals, but don't want to be perceived as, as, as being inhumane. And so they're the ones that will fork over the checks. But you're right about playing catch-up because the reason we're playing catch-up is because we don't have dedicated lobbyists because right. we don't – we, this, this community, the one that we're speaking of today, the sort of the, the not AZA accredited but, but multi-level accredited family of, of animal organizations, of animal educators – they're too busy with the money that they do get taking care of the animals that they've got. They don't have lobbyists and politicians and lawyers on retainer. I would, I would venture to say most of them. So, so you're right. We are playing catch-up. Why is AZA now, do you think, has developed this us-against-them mentality? What is, what, what, where, is, where is the profit for them in that? Well, let me just preface my statement by saying I've been a member of AZA for almost 30 years. It's, it's my organization as much as it is anyone else that, that belongs to AZA. And uh, when they do well, I, I, sh- I shout from the mountaintops the things that they do well. When they make decisions that I have disagreement with, I try to weigh in as best I can to get them to reconsider. Um, I don't know the exact reasoning, but I think there are two possibilities. One is, of course, uh, leadership and and being able to drive the conversation. And if you are the leading trade association for zoos and aquariums, then that's a you know that's a that's a very powerful thing, and you want to maintain that power uh, so that you can weigh in on legislation at the national level and at these state and local levels. Uh, that's one thing. The, uh, the other is, of course, that um, maybe there's a philosophical difference. Maybe maybe they don't necessarily prefer organizations like Jackie's because they are smaller, because they do fill a niche, and they're trying to look out for their their own members. So whatever the whatever the motivation is, um, I think we need to get past some of the politics of it and get to the real heart of the matter. Because Jackie said it early on that when all of us have been eliminated. PETA and HSUS oh, yeah. turn their sites towards AZA members. So, um, you know, we- Zach, Jack, Jackie, two questions for you. Um, and, and Gray, um, do you see, if it gets to crunch time, do you see the AZA weighing in and maybe coming to the aid of the organizations in this state uh, to help them stay in business? And if not, what's, what's, the, what's the battle plan now? what's the game plan? Where do we go from here? And is there some place where people can donate? Certainly donate, certainly to Wild Wonders, but also to perhaps this effort. So AZA and then and then the battle plan. <clears throat> yeah, to, to be fair to AZA, there are plenty of um, curators, 
keepers, supervisors that are definitely uh, supporting us and on our side. And they've, they've shared socially. Um, they, they do support. I don't see at this point the leadership of AZA uh, coming to the aid of, of smaller facilities. Um, I think it's going to be up to us uh, to build a more powerful collective voice and us to get our own keyboard warriors out there um, to help fight this. Um, what everybody can do at this point, it really is a grassroots movement. We just really need everybody to voice uh, their support. Um, Senator Ben Hueso is the one that's sponsoring this bill. He is the one that's going to make the decision um, on the language of this bill and what happens. It's extremely important to contact his office, uh, whether it be by phone uh, or email and written letters, um, to be able to voice opposition and um, the damage and harm that this bill is going to do to wildlife organizations of California. Um, can, can they find, I mean, you can look on, I, you'd have to, you'd have to kind of go through, certainly I would, uh, a lot, it'd be a lengthy process to find Senator Ben Cueso's, uh, um, email address or the off, the phone number for his office. Can they find that on the Wild Wonders site? Can they, can they get a hold of Ben Cueso if they go yeah. to Wild Wonders? They absolutely can. They can go to our website. We'll be posting our uh, e-blast on there, as well as if you go to a Wild Wonders Facebook page, it's on there as well. We have all of his contact information, as well as his chief of staff uh, for emails and phone numbers. Jackie, I think you and I need to become Facebook friends because I will certainly um, tweet and I will tweet this out to my fairly considerable number of Twitter followers, yay, and, and to all of my Facebook friends who are like-minded like animal advocates, or they're not my Facebook friends. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, has, there, has there been any sort of thought given, I know it's I know it early days but not quite early days on this, um, has there ever been sort of thought given to forming a, a ZAA... Um, like your own organization, your own your own AZA um, that oversees everything that you guys are doing, or is that the ZAA? Right now, the ZAA is the closest um, organization we have. We are ZAA accredited, and uh, it is an organization that does support uh, private wildlife organizations, as well as larger open to the public facilities. But in the past, there's been many organizations. There's been a California Animal Owners Association. Um, there has been an Association of Professional Wildlife Educators. But ZAA right now is the second largest accrediting organization in the United States um, that are having uh, quite a few members added every single day. So that's right now probably the closest um, that we have that, that we can collectively uh, get together. And will ZAA go to bat for you all? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Um, yes. ZAA is supporting. Um, they are, uh, they have gotten their letters in, and um, I am on the legislative committee for ZAA as well. So they are uh, right in <clears throat> the process of st uh, strategic planning at this when point. When is this scheduled? And, and further support for, for this uh when is this scheduled to be decided? When is this scheduled to be legislated upon? Is there a date? We're very lucky. 
Yeah, we're very lucky that this was just introduced on Friday, uh, February 15th. So for once, I think we're a little bit uh, ahead of the eight ball instead of always being behind. So um, at this point, we don't even have a meeting schedule of when it's going to go to committee. Uh, we're trying at this point to get our um, meetings with Senator Hueso so that we can uh, speak to him. We do have an unofficial lobbyist uh, who's helping us with this as well. She's one that also helped me with the uh, Democratic platform three years ago that the same organization, uh, Judy Mancuso is heading, uh, tried to put forward, which was uh, stopping uh, exotic animal exhibition in San Diego County. And we were able to change the language and squash that and we have uh, this unofficial lobbyist who's helping us uh, move forward with this too. But at this point, we don't have um, any committee dates or, or meeting dates. Well, hopefully. Carolyn, it's, it's a critical time for people to weigh in with those emails that you and Jackie talked about, because um, despite what some agencies, some politicians and federal agencies say, it is a numbers game. And if the numbers are heavily skewed towards those who think this bill is ridiculous, redundant, unnecessary, harmful, um, it, it can quash things very early on in the process and we can move on to, to focusing on things that really matter. And so, so we really do need that, that, that letter writing campaign, not just from the ZAA, which is a, an N of one, but we need it from the thousands of fans of Wild Wonders and other organizations in California to speak up now and, and let's put an end to it before it gains any traction. Something that might make it uh, much easier to do that is to have a form letter written yeah. that they can, that I mean, and, and post it somewhere. The Wild Wonders site, the ZAA site. Um, I mean, you know, if I, if I get it, I'll post it on Twitter. I'll post it on Facebook, along with Senator Huesos' um, contact yeah. information. Yeah. And, and, and allow, it, allow them to personalize it. So yes. that so that, you know, Senator Wazos knows, oh, gosh, this wasn't this doesn't all just come from a robot. Um, right. But I think that would if people knew that the, all they needed to do was hit a signature and hit send, I think that would go a long way toward mm -hmm. getting the numbers that that I think we need. You are so right. And, and we have some experience with this over the last few years with bills that have been <laughs> pending in other states <clears throat> on somewhat related matters. And the, the, the more simplified you make it for people to say, yeah, I don't want people to shut down Jackie's cheetah program and, and hit the click and go. Um, you have to make it simple for people. You have to present the information and allow them to personalize it if they choose to. Right. But just automate it as best you can so that because people are busy, they don't want to get involved, um, but they do want to react in some way. So the, the right. simpler we can make it, the more accessible the more effective those campaigns can be. And we can have the same kind of impact that our detractors have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Along with and going If I up. could just add one thing on there. Please. Um, if, if I could just add one thing. Um, important to slightly tweak uh, the letter just a little bit, because if it is a form letter, um, what they will do is count it as one letter. So exactly. if you get 100 of those letters, they will count it as one. So sure. important to slightly tweak it and personalize it, just like you said. Right. Exactly, and and but and make it easy for for them to personalize it. Um, if we get the location of that form letter with the ability to tweak and personalize, um, I wish someone would let me know because I will direct on the next show. Um, I will, or I will, I will direct as soon as I get it. People to to uh, to go there and to send this letter. 
uh, as as soon as is humanly possible. Um, uh, are there are there any? Well, it's, it's again, it's early days. This this only came out on the fifteenth. I was wondering if there are protests planned because I love a good protest. <laughs> I will, I will, I will be there um, if possible. Um, where is can, there a name for an anti anti protest protest? An anti protest protest? Yes, Carolyn. Carolyn protest. The Carolyn yeah. protest. That's exactly what it is. The drive them, the drive them batshit crazy at the zoo protest protest. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a t-shirt made of that. Where where should my listeners go to uh find you, Jackie, and Wild Wonders and what let us let us know everywhere we can find you and how to donate to you. Absolutely. So, uh they can go to www.wildwonders.org. We also have a fan page Wild Wonders. Uh we have Instagram Wild Wonders SD. And uh, not quite active on Twitter yet, but uh, plenty of Facebook pages, uh, the website, as well as our Instagram. Twitter's a huge, huge tool. I strongly, I, you know, I recommend it. I recommend it and be prepared for backlash, but it's still a huge tool. And I will drive everyone, once you've got a Twitter presence there, I will certainly drive everyone I know there. Um, all right. All right. I believe Andrea disconnected. Is she back? Is our, is our girl back? Andrea disconnected. God bless her. She fell on her sword for the show to uh, to create a little more bandwidth so that we didn't have those uh, those connection problems. Andrea, all hail. We love her so much. Uh, would not be able to actually do this show without her. We have come to the end of our time. Uh, I, once again, Grace, Kurt, Kurt. Thank you, Kurt. No problem. I, I enjoyed this Did discussion. You, you do enjoy you do enjoy them. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know what? You can be here every other Sunday. You can just oust Tony out of that chair. Okay. Tony's an animal advocate now. He's he's in the trenches with us. We he's don't, graduated. But you need to be in the oh. trenches with us because. Okay. Do, uh, uh, did you go to school and have, you know, an ocelot brought into you at some I, point? I did not. Why no. not? I, what school good... did you go to? Were you in prison? What's going on? Were you in juvenile hall? <laughs> I, What's happening? I, I was not. Um, I went to a private school, actually. So oh, a private school. Yeah, well, you would think that they would do something. Uh-huh. La <laughs> de da. But have you, have you ever been, did you, were you 4-H? I was did not. Did you want to become a veterinarian? I did not. Have no. you ever seen an animal outside the zoo? I, 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 do, I do own a dog, so, I mean, that's about as far as it goes. But You need to be sitting here every other Sunday. <laughs> yeah. It's as simple as that because yeah. I am now I'm, – I'm, I'm disappointed, but we must talk after the show. You know, All right. we will. So, yeah, and I don't, we don't need Tony anymore because Tony's out there fighting the good fight. Grace Stafford, my, one of my best friends in the whole world, my animal mentor, the alpha and the omega, as far as I am concerned. I know I repeat myself, but there's, that's God. God, Gray. Well, that, I'm not. I don't measure up to that, but thank you. And I, you know, when we, I looked at this topic today, I thought of the Claude Rains line from Casablanca, where he said, "I'm shocked. I'm shocked that there's an anti-cat bill coming out of California again." <laughs> and then, and then they bring him his winnings. Your winnings, sir. Oh, yeah, thank you very like, much. You, you. <laughs> Rick's is closed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Believe me, if I could round up our usual suspects yeah. and do what they did to. You know, uh, um, Peter Laurie. Yes, I have no compunction about saying that at all. Um, <laughs> Jackie Navarro, Wild Wonders. Will you come back on and give us an update, Jackie, as to and will you bring more animals and your and your your compatriot there? Uh, first of all, more animals. 
and 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 let us know exactly what's what's happening with this bill and how we can help further. Absolutely. We would love to. And we will also get that form letter to you as soon as we can. Perfect. Perfection. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, Thrill Seekers, an amazing show today and a show full of opportunity to participate. Um, Find me on Facebook at Carolyn Hennessy on Facebook, and you will know that it's the right Carolyn Hennessy because I think it's a picture of me on the trapeze. Yay! That's how you know you've got the right one. And ask for that form letter. Um, my personal Facebook fans, you're going to be getting that form letter. F- form letter. Twitter at Carolyn Hennessy on Twitter, and find me there. And you will you will be you will be getting that form form letter. I will tweet it out as soon as possible. Go to Wild Wonders, donate, read about them, read about this bill SB three one three, and and contact Senator Huesos. I believe I have said this correctly. Um, up in Sacramento and, uh, and, uh, and let him know your thoughts because I know if you're watching this show, your thoughts align with mine in the advocacy world. Once again, thank you to everybody who has made this possible. Jackie, we hope to see you on again. Gray, I know y'all see you on again. Andrea, thank you for uh, falling on your sword. Kurt, thank you. And always remember, in everything you do, cultivate a preservationist heart because it will stand you in good stead no matter what what you interact with in your life. We will see you again in two weeks. I am your host uh, for Animal Magnetism, Carolyn Hennessy, and uh, bye-bye. I do believe it. I do believe it's true. Giraffes are insincere And the elephants are kindly But they're dumb Orangutans are skeptical Of changes in their cages And the zookeeper is very fond of rum Zebras are reactionary 